0: Good morning. So good to see everybody this morning. Thank you for choosing to be here. We're so very thankful that we are blessed to be able to come together again and worship God, fellowship with one another, and grow spiritually, encourage each other. We're so very thankful for those of you who uh, are visiting with us. Some of you have been visiting regularly. We have some visit, had a baseball tournament they had to go to, but what an example that is that they would still make time to worship uh, uh, when they have sports events uh, out of town. We're so very thankful for all of those visitors we have, as well as those who join us online. We appreciate your presence this morning. We uh, are continuing in our uh, study that we just started, our new series, After I Believe. In other words, after I become a Christian, what should I believe? What should I do? Who am I supposed to be? Uh, we, t- we talk a lot and often, and we should and always will, talk about uh, how to become a Christian. But we also need to spend time talking about, well, what do I do after I become a Christian? And that's what we want to spend a few weeks on. And this morning, we're going to look at prayer. Now, in recent weeks, we've talked about prayer a few times from the Bible class to uh, some of the sermons. And uh, I thought, wow, I didn't realize we were going to be you know when I planned ahead I didn't realize we would be hitting on prayer kinda of here close together in some different uh, times together and then I thought well, what's wrong with talking about prayer a few times <laughs> that's we probably need that I mean maybe that's what God wants us to do is spend a little time little extra time talking about prayer it's not like you can only talk about it once a year once every few years we need to hear things from Scripture, uh, spiritual disciplines like prayer. We need to hear that often because isn't it one of the first things to go in our busy lives? That alarm goes off and we hit it and ten times later after we've hit it for just five more minutes then finally we jump up and we're in a race and in a rush and then the whole day is like that until we pass out at night to just repeat again. Where was the time that we spent in prayer? Oh, I did that when I was waiting in line, you know, at the at the store, at the drive-through, when I was on the way to drop off the kids. Well, you can pray in those times, but don't we need time that we dedicate and devote an extended period of time without the hustle and bustle, without having to watch traffic and 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 other things to spend time with our heavenly Father? Prayer is essential to the Christian life. And yet, as I said, it's unfortunately one of the first things to go in our lives. So I want us to think about this and study this. And one of the probably the best place to go is the one who we are, you know, thankful for, our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, who teaches us how to live after we believe, and He taught us a model prayer in Scripture. So. I think if we're going to learn about prayer, that's definitely one of the places we need to go to see what does our Savior, the Son of God, teach about praying to God our Father. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. But let's think, first of all, before we read this passage, I want you to think about what you're not going to hear Jesus say when it comes to prayer. He's not going to say in his prayer, in his model prayer, in his teaching anywhere on prayer... Jesus doesn't say anything about us being in a particular place, does he? He doesn't say you have to be in a certain spot to pray or else you can't pray. He doesn't say you have to pray on a specific day at a specific time or certain times of the day on certain days or whatever it might be. He doesn't say anything about that, does he? Jesus doesn't say anything about how we should dress when we pray. He doesn't say anything about whether we should sit or stand or kneel or lie down. He he doesn't talk about those things when it comes to prayer. Jesus doesn't say anything about whether we should close our eyes, bow our head, look up, lift our hands up. He doesn't say because those things, you know, we can talk about that and all that, but that's not what he's concerned with. What he's concerned with is the heart of prayer And that's what he's going to get at here in Matthew chapter 6 and what we have uh, called the the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. So I want you to hear what he doesn't say and then most importantly what he does say about prayer. Let's read this together, verses 7 through 13. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. This is before he gets into what we call the Lord's Prayer. For they think they will be heard because of their many prayers words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. And then He gives us His model prayer, His example prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this prayer is often called the model prayer, the example prayer. In Luke's account, in Luke 11.1, 1, he actually uh, says that the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, what? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, because they looked at John's disciples, those who followed John the Baptist before Jesus came, and he had taught them about prayer. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so this is what Jesus did, what he told them to teach them how to pray. Now, Jesus didn't intend for this model prayer, this example, to be repeated word for word and, and, and to just be said over and over again. There are there were Jewish prayers like that perhaps John taught them Uh, to pray in a similar way. But that's not how Jesus is doing this in this new covenant era. era, Now that Jesus has come and his teachings to fulfill the Old Testament, to bring uh, the, the gospel, the good news, and this new covenant ushered to us, this is what he says, how we are to pray. But he doesn't say it in a way, pray these words exactly every time. Repeat this prayer because that means we couldn't pray for anything else. Instead, he's showing us, here's how to pray. Here's an example. Here's here's what to pray about. Here's the heart of prayer. Pray like this, Jesus says. And so we find in his model prayer seven insights that I want us to look at about prayer. Seven insights about prayer. And the first one is we see that prayer is intimate. Prayer is intimate. And so that's what I mean when it comes to, can you pray when you're you're driving to work? Can you pray in those quick moments? Certainly, absolutely. But we also need to make sure we're making time for intimate prayer with God, focused, intentional, uh, for a period of time where we can really dig in and pray with God. Look at what Jesus said. He just begins by... Our Father. Why is that uh, an example of intimacy in prayer? Because notice Jesus says, our Father. See, He's saying you as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, you have access to God Almighty, God the Father. He's your Father when you've become a Christian. When you've obeyed the gospel and you've put on Christ in baptism, you're a child of God. He's your Father. And you're saying, "Our Father." Now, you may have heard that the Aramaic word "Abba," which Jesus said on the cross, is used. Uh, it was used. It was uncommon to use this for God uh, among the Jews before now. So, so the Jews heard this, and they heard something different. Does that make sense? They heard that Jesus is saying that that we can call him. Father, like in an in a intimate way, because the word that Jesus used, you've heard this, uh, is the word that a child would use for their father in a loving, close relationship, or even a, a grown son in, in a close relationship. And uh, it was an expression of intimacy. In fact, it was the word that expressed the most intimacy between child and parent. And that's the word that Jesus is using to say you can pray to Father. And they heard that. See, we don't use Father too much like that. We say Dad or Daddy or something like that, right? But to them, when they heard that Aramaic word, they said, wow, you mean we can talk to him like that? And so you've probably heard it said that Uh, That's equivalent to daddy. So, and and, and I think, and and that's not wrong, but it's a a way for us to understand in our language today the way that makes sense to us because that conveys intimacy. Where you say, daddy, I need to talk, right? Can we talk for a minute? And that openness that a child, an ideal healthy relationship should have with their parents, Okay, that's what Jesus is communicating. Now, there's another side, there's a caution to that because we don't, Jesus isn't saying, go up, go start praying to God and say, what's up, pops? He's not saying this casual, irreverent, way that's not what he means so we, we have to be careful we understand just because that could be an equivalent to the way we would say daddy it doesn't mean casual like give me high five or something like that there's still a respect and a reverence there which we'll look at throughout the rest of what Jesus teaches us does that make sense so he's pointing to the intimacy but there should always be the proper reverence and respect to for God which children should have for their parents as well okay so let's, let's continue. So after you become a Christian, you have that kind of access to God. And Jesus is teaching that there's this new level of intimacy that you have when you pray to your Father, our Heavenly Father. And that's the next one, expectant. That when we pray, we can have a, the, an expectancy when we pray because where does He say God is? Our Father is in heaven, So what is he saying? He's saying you're praying to this heavenly father who you can have a close intimate relationship with. You can talk real to him, open with him. You can tell him what you need to tell him. But remember that he's in heaven. What does that mean? That he is sovereign God, almighty creator God. That you're praying to the God of the universe. You're praying to the heavenly Father. He's God who is able. And this Father in heaven, the Creator God Almighty, hears you, wants to hear you, and He cares about what you're praying about. And He is in heaven, meaning He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-loving. And He does act. God answers prayers, okay? And that's what Jesus wants, to under, wants us to understand. So God can do something. He can act. Your dad may not be able to do everything you'd like for him to do, right? At least right now, because you want everything now. We kind of do that with God. But, you, but our Heavenly Father, this is, the, this is God who's done every miracle throughout history. Go through, the, go through the Old Testament, the New Testament, any miracle. This is God who has acted throughout history. This is God who spoke and it came into being. That's who we're praying to. And we can pray to Him in the most intimate way. Next we see... That Jesus says in his model prayer, hallowed be your name. Now that gets to the reverence that we need to have for God at all times. There's intimacy, but there's always reverence for God. Now, more modern translations might say, uh, may your name be kept holy. Or help us to honor your name. And that's a way of helping us to understand hallowed because that's not a commonly used word anymore. Hallowed be your name. And that means we want to keep your name holy. We want to have the greatest reverence and respect and regard for you at all times because God's name means something. It says something about his character, about who he is, about his being, about his nature. And we want to show proper reverence To God, Our prayers should be intimate like a child talking with his father in a loving relationship, but not casual. They should be open and honest, but not disrespectful and careless. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus is showing uh, us here, teaching us here. Hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. May we revere you and hold you up in the highest regard. So we are to revere God, and that means that reverence is... What it means is honor and respect that is deeply felt and outwardly demonstrated. So don't say you 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 love God and hold him up and you praise God and God is almighty and I revere God and respect God. And then we come over here like you seem like on every TV show was OMG, right? They say it all the time. I don't know. I'm sure it's been around forever, but... I, th- I think all those home improvement shows started because they walk in and the house is all brand new. What do they say? And they just say it over and over and over again. And now it's on all, you know, it just, it, it, and it just, it, are, we, are we having a proper reverence for God in our thinking and the way we talk about Him, the way we hold Him up high and respect that God's name and who He is is the highest regard in our lives, right? Now, Jesus is talking about in prayer. We want to always hold him up in great reverence. And then we see submitted. When Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Do you see the submitted disposition that we take there? In other words, we're saying, Lord, we don't want you to come and bend to our will. Isn't that how we just... Kind of default, start praying. Lord, here's what I'm doing. Will you bless that? Is this okay with you? Will you put your uh, a blessing on this? I'm already going to do it, by the way, no matter what you say, because I'm going to do what I want to do. And now I'm going to pray and ask you to bless it. That's not the way we pray submitted to God. God, you tell me what I should be doing. You tell me what decision to make. You tell me how to live and what choice to make. I, I'm submitting to your will. And so a, a congregation says, Lord, you tell us, you guide us. It's not what this person wants or that person wants or what money uh, uh, wants or anything like that not anybody's agenda it's god what do you want for us to do you guide us and lead us let us get into your will into your purpose we submit to that to your guidance so when they, when when jesus saying pray pray that god's kingdom come he was praying before the kingdom came which was when jesus died on the cross after he was resurrected and then what do we see in early early in acts We see the establishment of the Lord's church, right? In Acts chapter 2, that was the fulfillment of your kingdom come. And so we see the establishment of his kingdom on earth in the church. And Jesus even told parables about that, about the kingdom, the pearl and things like that. Uh, So when Jesus' church was established then then we don't need to pray your kingdom come. But Jesus wasn't finished talking because he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. But look at Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. This is after Christ. This is talking about obeying the gospel. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. When you become a Christian, when you go... When you, when you hear the gospel and you obey the gospel, you confess Christ as your Lord and you uh, repent of your sins, turn from anything wrong in your life uh, towards Christ and you uh, go down into the water to put on Christ in baptism, uh, God is transferring you from the kingdom of the world and you come up to walk in newness of life, that new creation, that new creature, that new life. You've been transferred into the kingdom of of his dear son, Do you see that? That's what, that's what Paul's talking about right there in Colossians 1.13. And so his kingdom's already come and you've been transferred into that kingdom, the church, when you obey the gospel. And so we pray as his children, Christians pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you see that? So what is it we want? We want whatever God's will is to be done. And that means we submit to that. We want it for our whole city. That's a picture of Tyler. We want it for our whole community, Bullard. We want it for our schools. We want people to be surrendered to Jesus in their lives. That's what we're about, and we're saying, your will be done. And and if I want God's will to be done in in my community, in my home, in my uh, city, and through our mission work that we support, then I need to have his will done in my life. I need to bend to his will first. And then I get to be a part of His will being done as I serve in His church, as I'm salt and light in the world. Do you see that? You get to participate in His will being done. If the Lord's church doesn't do the will of God, then how can we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? We are the ones... The kingdom, who are supposed to be doing this, and we pray for it to be done. We pray for God to help us do His will, wherever He might have us, whatever He might have us to do. And next, we see Jesus teach us to pray to be dependent. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. What was Jesus teaching us when He he said this? We know back then in those times, that was as real as it could possibly be. They, they hoped to find some food that day. I mean, they, and they, got, they woke up the next day, I hope we find some food today. Uh, you know, they had, they, you know, you had to make, see, we don't even, we open a can of stuff. We go through a driveway, drive through and get food. We, 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 you know, we don't know what it is as much anymore. Some, some of you do from growing up what it is to, to raise your own food. And back then they very much knew, and there was great poverty, what it was to depend on God every day for your food. And we get so affluent In our world today, do we even depend on God for anything? In our our little minds, right? Do we think about that? How dependent we are? What if if God said, what if God just said, you're not going to breathe for one minute? See, every breath, God gave that to you, didn't he? He breathed into Adam the breath of life, and we just go and do everything and don't even realize a pulse, a breath. That's God giving you life. And yet we, <laughs> you know, so Jesus is helping us to understand, realize how dependent you are on God for everything in life. Not just your daily meals, but your breath, your health, your life, everything that you have. And we need to depend on God. God, please help me as I raise my children. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better wife. Help me on my job to to do what you would have me to do. Help me in the things that I do. Help me to provide better. Help me to do better. Help me to uh, be more... uh, uh, outgoing and and start conversations with people about faith. Help me to, to serve better. Help me to be a better light in this world. I depend on you because I can't do it by myself. There's a lot of people that have done a lot of things and it looks like success and we think, wow, God must be really blessing them. And maybe he is. But how do you know that's what's happening? You can do a whole lot of things. That are not according to God's will, can't you? And they can look through our eyes of hum, the, our human, worldly eyes, they look like success, but that might not be what's really happening. When you, if you knew the whole story, that might be them doing whatever it is they want to do, and they're no way dependent upon God or submitted to His will. So we pray in a way to God to ask for His blessings, for our needs, to help us in all our different ways. We pray in a way that, not in a way that demands, God, give me what I want, bless me with this, but in a way that depends on Him. Uh, in the Bible class this morning, we, uh, Kevin taught about humility. See, that's the difference. Are you pl- praying to God to demand Are you praying to God in humility, submitted to Him, depending on Him? That's the position we need to take in life. And then next we see honesty, where Jesus says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. He teaches us to pray for forgiveness. But what's the catch? See, I've heard the quote that some people say, everyone thinks forgiveness is a wonderful idea until they have someone to forgive. Oh, yeah. Until it's your turn and you got to forgive somebody, then all of a sudden, not so great of an idea, right? Why? Because it's hard sometimes. And that's the last thing we want to do, and it can take us a while to be able to do that. And that's another thing we need to pray. Help me forgive others. But Jesus is clear. You have to forgive if you want to be forgiven. If you don't forgive others, you cannot be forgiven. In fact, right after his Lord, the Lord's Prayer, right after his model prayer, look at what he says right after that in verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. I wonder if Jesus has given them this, this model prayer, this example, pray like this. And then he gets to that part and he's got some more things to say. But he knows they're, they're going to be stuck right there on the forgiveness thing. So let me say some more about it. I, I don't know. But why did he go back and add more after the example prayer? I wonder if it's because he needed to make sure it got through these hard things and these hard things in our lives, right? Is that, look? Let me repeat myself. You need to pray about this and here's why. Because you have to forgive or your heavenly father, who you've been praying to, isn't going to forgive you. And there's a lot of passages about that uh, in scripture. Now, Jesus takes, we see, forgiveness very seriously. And it's something that needs to be incorporated in our daily prayer. You may need to pray for a long time for God to help you forgive somebody. Now, you better get there because it's a salvation issue, but it may take you a while. You need to be in prayer about that, because you know what Scripture says. And we need to pray for God's forgiveness. He wants to forgive us. Of course he does. He sent us his son. Now, another thing is, because we're talking about honesty, look at this. God knows what sin is in your life. You see, you can't pray to God and play games with him and trick him, Right? He knows what you did. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's going on. He knows when you're acting like that didn't happen or like you don't do that or you didn't do. He knows. And so we can't pray to God and think, oh, I got him fooled. (laughs) They tried that in the garden and it didn't work, right? It it didn't work back then and it's never worked since then because it doesn't work because he's God. You can't trick him, you can't play games with him. So what does that mean? You go to Abba Father and you say, I need to talk to you because I got some junk I need help with. I messed up, I did it again. And you go and you talk intimately with your Father, your Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father who can do something about it in your life. Who has sent His Son so you can have that forgiveness. He said, Well, he knows he needs you to talk to him about it more so than he needs it. I mean, he wants it. You need it. Confess your sins, right? You need to go confess to God. You don't have to go, I mean, confession, you don't confess to somebody uh, because they have some kind of position. You can confess to your brothers and sisters if you need somebody to talk to somebody and pray. Sometimes you need to confess publicly or to some people. But you confess to God and say, here's what's going on in my life. I've messed it up. I need to talk to you. And that's what he wants. And that's why he's talking about that intimacy. So now next we get to, humility. What do we learn about prayer? We learn that it's done in humility, as Kevin taught about this morning. Jesus concludes the model prayer with, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some translations say deliver us from the evil one. Whether it's deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one, the evil's coming from the evil one. So, you know, it's just a translation uh, question there whether or not it's referring to Satan. But, But it is because the scripture talks about the evil one all throughout scripture. Uh, so there, But all of these temptations are designed to pull you away from Jesus. And you're praying, don't let temptation pull me away from you. Don't let me go there. Prevent me from new sin and help me, help me in the sin that I'm in. Forgive me for that and help me from new sin that I hadn't committed. Help me from going that way again. Help me from doing that thing again. Help me from saying that again. Please protect me and keep me from that. Now, you can't just pray that and keep doing the same things in your life, can you? You you might need to change some friends out. You may need to not go that way and go this way. You you may need to change some routines and some habits, some different things in your life so that God can use that to help keep you and get you away from that sin. So you got to make some decisions in your life along with that. But I wonder when Jesus said this and included this, if he was thinking about his 40 days and 40 nights in the desert being tempted by Satan, the evil one. I mean, this was soon after that. And do you think his mind went back to the intense time of prayer for 40 days and 40 nights without eating? Eating or drinking, and he was praying the whole time. And guess what? Satan didn't just tempt him at the very end, the temptations we see. He tempted him the whole time nonstop. And at the end, he was worn out. And he made it through all that time and stayed strong because he was in prayer with God. And he used scripture to deal with temptation. So we need to be humble And again, you can't trick God and hide things from God. We need to be humble and say to God that I know what what gets me. I know what temptations get me. You know what they are too. See, don't act like things don't get you and and that you're invincible, that, that you've got a bulletproof vest on and that nothing gets to you. You need to be humble and realize there are things temptations that are really difficult for me. And, and God, please forgive me of those sins. Please keep me from those. And, 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 and please help me to be humble and not think, oh, I, can, I got it this time. I, I know I fell last time, but I won't trip and fall again. And what are you going to do? You know you're going to walk right over there and trip and fall again. So why are you going over there? said, lead us not tempta- into temptation, but deliver us from evil. we got to be humble with God and realistic with ourselves about temptation. So how does God answer our prayers? Uh, in another time I want to spend some more time on this. But how does he answer our prayers? Sometimes these are his answers. Sometimes it's just no. Whether it's uh, just not right for us, our motivations might be wrong. It might not be, uh, you know, what's best for it. We may not have all the information we think we do. Sometimes we just don't understand, and the answer is no. And that's hard. And sometimes they're really tough situations, even life and death situations. Sometimes his answer is slow. Slow down. It's not time yet. Wait. Wait on the Lord. I'll say it again, wait. Sometimes we want to go ahead because we think, oh, we know we got this figured out. God, if you would just get up and get, catch up with me, this would work out. Is that reverent? Is that the way we approach God? No, we need to slow down and follow God's timing. Let him guide us and lead us. Sometimes it's grow. So look, that, he, he might be saying that, that prayer is totally fine but not right now for you, because you need to grow. You need to deal with some stuff in your life. You, if you got that, you'd mess it up. You're not ready for that. You need to grow. Maybe you've got some sin in your life. Maybe you've got some uh, things you need to deal with in life, and he needs you to grow before you get to that point. And maybe he's like, I'm waiting. Hurry up and grow. I'm not, God's not being slow. He's not saying no. He's waiting on you to grow so he can bless you with that thing. Answer your prayer. And sometimes he says, yep, let's do it. Go for it. And it's bigger and better than you could even imagine. And we don't always understand. Sometimes we do later in hindsight. Sometimes we never totally understand why God answers the way he does. But here's, as we close, here's what I do want us to understand, that we, that we can understand, that we can know about God when we pray to him. That He hears us. Your heavenly Father hears you when you pray. He hears every word. He hears through the Holy Spirit. Paul told us in Romans. The Holy Spirit helps communicate to him all those feelings that you don't even have vocabulary for. All those hurts and the pain and the anguish and the anger and the frustration and all of that in here. He hears that too. He knows what you're saying. He knows what's in here. He knows what you're dealing with. And he cares about you. He cares about the situation you're praying about. He desperately cares about that. And God answers us. And again... We don't always know when or how or the why. But God answers prayers. And He shows us who He is and that He answers prayers because He sent us His own Son from heaven to hang on a cross for us so He could show us how much He cares for us, how much He hears us, how much He loves us, how much He wants us to be saved and wants us to know Him and be in a relationship with Him and be in an intimate relationship with Him that He sacrificed His Son on the cross for our sins so that we can be saved and have salvation so that we can be with Him. And if that doesn't prove He cares for us and loves us and hears us, then nothing will. God answers our prayers. He hears us when we cry out to Him. And He loves us more than we can imagine. And He loves those you're praying about and that situation you're praying about and you wish it would be answered in the way you're praying and He hears you. He cares about all of those people too and their situation in their lives that you're praying about. He cares about that too. And He hears you. And you keep praying for that. Don't give up. And pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe you need prayers this morning. Maybe you want us to join in with you on some prayers in your life. Maybe you're ready to say, you know what? I, 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 I hadn't even started my relationship with Jesus. I need to become a Christian. And you're ready to put on Christ in baptism. So you can truly claim our Father in heaven. If we can serve you this morning, come forward as we stand and sing.